Alright, we made it. We're here. We made it. Professor Rene Navarro. Yay. Black belt extraordinaire. Long time coming. I mean, not long time coming, but a long process. <laughs> started in Tijuana. Right, yeah, yeah. I started such a long time ago. Uh, well, I mean, not that long ago, but I mean, definitely, it's, it's been a while. I was actually thinking about that because I started in TJ before I met Joey, and there's like a Facebook picture of us in like 2008 or 2009. Mm. So I must have been like 24 or 25 when I started training in TJ. Uh, you went to the new Entram gym, right? You went mm -hmm. to the, yes. yeah. Yes. So the old one was just a block over, but it was pretty similar. It was actually not that similar. It was really small, but it, it slowly like grew. Like it was like a from tiny second floor and then to just like expanded second floor to expanded first floor and second floor and then yeah but that's definitely where i started training and then what I, year was that that's a good question i don't know but i was like 24 or 25 and i'm 37 so ooh, wow so oh. whatever, whatever 13 so like 2010 no 12 13 years yeah i guess it was like 2000 it must have been 2008 i think it was like 2008 which sounds crazy but i guess that's what it is 2007 <laughs> 2008 but wow. yeah, I got into like a little bit of kickboxing and then I took a few jujitsu classes and that's what I got really into. Like I really liked it. And it's also like what Raul was like really, really into. And like, he was so passionate about it that like, I, I feel like we definitely picked up his passion for it. So, and here we are all these years later, this, yeah. this last year, he trained the first Mexican right, born right. UFC champion with Brandon right. Moreno. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Yeah. And on that recent card, there was uh, four has, people from the gym. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't our night on the card, but, um, overall, like in the last two or three gyms, two or three years, that gym's like skyrocketed mm -hmm. in terms of like talent coming in from like Ecuador and Puerto Rico and all kinds of Central American countries and stuff. Just like Latin America. America. Yeah, Latin America. All over, all over Latin America. America. Yeah, yep. And and Argentina, Ecuador, Colombia, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the staffing is, is, is also like really, really good now. Um, when I was there, I can definitely tell you like the, the physique where it was different. I mean, I, I know that overall in the game, it's changed the whole strength and conditioning thing, but they'd have, they have a strength and conditioning guy there now. They're a professional yeah. Yeah, team. It's definitely like n definitely next level. I like. mean, man, I, you know, cause I, it's funny, right? How just the, the, the roads cross, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, exactly. I took Sururu there. Right, right. Out of all the places, yeah. I'm like, oh, TJ, he's gonna be in TJ for two weeks. Right. Where do I go? You know, get a hold of Dean Lister. Dean Lister's like, oh, go get with Raul. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Raul. Right, right. Anthrom Jim. Right, right. And Sudo ends up staying there two weeks. I get to really get to know more yeah. of the guys and yeah. see what he's doing. And you're like, wow, wow, wow. Pro yeah. team, Jiu Jitsu, and just the great work he's doing in the community yeah. for a lot, a lot of years. Raul is a Dean Lister black belt. Like uh, Raul is like one of the very first generation. Like people think of Dean Lister as like a first generation guy. So just imagine a Dean Lister student in Mexico. But I mean, you also have to take into account Mexico is also way ahead of the game in terms of the rest of Mexico from right. from, from like a right. Mexican perspective where we're really ahead of the game because there's always been fight cards because of San Diego. But yeah, um, and Raul is also an American citizen, right? He, like, so. Is he? I he is. Know. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he can cross. He's always been able to cross mm -hmm. regularly, but I've never been aware of his citizenship situation. Um, so he's a dean lister. He's, he's just he's proud. He's yeah. proud of Tijuana. He's oh, proud yeah. of. Oh yeah. You know. He's also a judo black belt too. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I. I no, they're, they're, it's it was it was I was blown away. I was yeah. blown away. I'm like really. Yeah. 
So he has a cool the next floor, guy. the next floor, the next floor. Mm-hmm. They're doing like uh, what's that uh, event he does? UCWC, UW, uh, U- Ultimate Warrior Challenge, Challenge UWC. UWC. It's on uh, UFC Fight Pass mm-hmm. now. So that's it's in the, so crazy in the parking lot in the parking lot on yeah. the on the ground level. Yeah, they're organizing the, yeah. one of the weekends. They're having another event this week, so it's fight week again, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, this week is going to be in High Alai, J A I space A L A I. It's like wow. a huge. Wow. I don't know if you saw that building. It's nearby. If you just Google it, it's it's amazing. Like the architecture, so they play that crazy sport where like your hands like cupped in that thing and you throw the ball. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, they're gonna have a fight there. It's, it's gonna be pretty interesting. But like they do all like the press conference and all that stuff. They're gonna do it on site. It's gonna be legit. So yeah, it's it's really it's really wild. But it's it's cool to see like how far it's gone. Um, but with Brandon, like it's cool because I mean I remember when I started training there, I was like yeah, like am I twenty three, twenty four years old, and I met him. He so how, like how a, did you, let's go back. So how did you, how did you start jujitsu? How did I end up there? Just how did you start training jujitsu? Yeah, 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 It's there. Uh, it's funny. It's funny <laughs> that you mentioned this because I, I recently wrote about it in this magazine. Uh, my buddy Kiyoshi puts out this magazine called Drunken Master, uh, where he does like a lot of like MMA or like he's, he's interviewed like Josh Barnett and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. He's a black belt in judi- judo, uh, Kiyoshi Nakazawa. Oh, wow. Wonderful guy. Um, and he actually comic, had me write about books. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like it's like he has comic. He has a really cool one called uh, Wonton Not Now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, um, and the story's cool. in there. But long story short, like like I got jumped in TJ like um, on Sixth Street. Um, yeah, and it was like pretty bad. Like that's like like I got like this crazy scar and like the over the teeth, like wow. over the, the nose and the lip, like all that's like one. Wow. One. Oh wow, that's a yes. Yeah, that's all and like serious. over the cheek. That's yeah. that, that's all one incident. That's like a one thing. Uh, and so, do you remember what, what happened? Like yeah, oh yeah, I definitely remember what happened. It was like this. It was like the silliest thing. Uh, I, I used to look a lot different. Like I had like, like I had really long hair and I was like really petite. And I guess like these, petite. yeah, I was, I was definitely like, I was like a petite dude. Uh, and it was, it was all on Valentine's day. And I was, it was me, my wife and my buddy's girlfriend dancing. And he'd gone to get some more drinks or something like that. Uh, and long story short, these guys just like kind of jumped me like from behind, like, mm-hmm. and just like, it all happened so quick. Like someone kicked me from behind. And when I turned around, like they like, Kind of like, like in their rush to like hit me, like we all fell down. And as I was getting up, someone broke a bottle in my face. It was like a broke a bottle. Yeah, it was like a five sec, six second thing. It wasn't like wow. a lot going on. But because of that, I had to get like the surgery, you know, like the 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 reconstructive surgery. And um, it's funny how we were just talking about things going being round circle. I had to be in quarantine. They were like, no, you cannot leave your house for X amount of weeks because dust could get in the in the wound or you know if it hits sunlight it's gonna get a sunburn and it'll, and it'll literally like leave it more scarred like you have to stay out of the sunlight for two weeks so your scars you know which they which in their defense and they took a lot of care to you know reconstruct my face they don't want it getting like any infection could fuck up the whole thing but me being me I was like eight nine days into it I was just like dude I cannot be here anymore like I cannot be here anymore and I just got like a like uh, I don't know what you call it, but I was like, I'm out of here. Uh, and I was, yeah. And I got on my motorcycle. I like jimmied my, my, I had to like take out all the padding for my motorcycle. Cause you know, like, I had like the full face motorcycle. Like we're like, Hey, like the padding that goes over your face. I'd like take it out. Just like I put my motorcycle on my face. Oh my God. <laughs> you can assist yeah. still, huh? And I rode my motorcycle around TJ for like 20 minutes. And then I went and I got a tattoo, uh, of like a sugar skull, which like signified, signifies a lot for me. And at that place, they had a flyer, old school, literal, like a flyer. You remember those? 
paper flood. Yeah. And it was for the time I'm I had it. I was like, dude, this is fucking cool. Like, this is fucking cool. Like, I'd seen, like, wow, on good TV thing, a UFC good thing, fight. Good thing you didn't listen to the doctors, huh? Yeah. And, and, and it all goes from there. From that place, I had I had that flyer on my fridge for, like, a month. And I would wow. look at it every day. I'm like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to wow. go. And, like, I would drive by and look at it, but I wouldn't go. And then one day, I, like, I went. And I like, I remember I rode my motorcycle in there and Raul was teaching kickboxing and I asked him like to look at my face. I'm like, can I do this? Like, is it okay? Like if I take like, can I, can I, can I, is it okay if I participate? And he's like, yeah, you're not gonna be supporting your first day. Like, it's fine. Like da, 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 da. And then like from there, like, so yeah. You never stopped. Yeah. Basically, basically that was before where they were even using, we didn't even have geese. It was all no geese. Like it was all like our jujitsu at the time was very like you know it's he's a dean lister black belt like leg locks knee bars heel hooks and also too holds. it's a financial thing too right people yeah, have to exactly. buy kimonos and geese yeah yeah back in the day it was like kinda, if, yeah if you had like the ten dollar tap out t-shirt you were like this guy's legit you know what i mean <laughs> yeah this is before like the hundred dollar rash guards and all that yeah, it's a different thing but yeah uh that's crazy yeah oh, the, the t-shirts are coming back I'm glad to see the teachers are doing a comeback, but yeah, that's, that's how I started. And then it's crazy to think though. I've been out here in LA almost 10 years. It's gonna, in September of this year, it's going to be 10 years of me doing jujitsu in LA. So like I've been here for a while. Like I've been with you like since blue belt, I was a blue belt when I showed up here. I met you at the jujitsu world league in Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah. And, uh, was I with, I was with Josiah. I was with, uh, was Joey there, Professor Joey? It was all the first generation. You knew Professor it, Joey. Yeah, yeah, it was the first generation, or I, I should say the last generation of SoCal MMA guys that were the carryovers right, that came. Right, they, they were always with Joey the SoCal came. MMA guys. Mm -hmm. And every day, every day, we were like, yeah. we hung out that whole, that, yeah. week, that weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm always super proud to like say like, I was the last guy to come over with like the Joey people, and I'm the last guy still here. <laughs> Like everyone just kind of like, I mean, not, nothing but love to those guys, but you know, everyone yeah, things slow. happen, right? Things People happen. Away, People's yeah. lives take over. Uh, no one's moved away. I'm friends with everyone on Instagram. That's not an excuse. No, nobody, nobody what? No one moved away. I'm like, that's not an excuse, motherfuckers. I'm joking. Jose Navas still comes and trains sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's definitely when we met. And those guys, they were so cool. I mean, they, we were all still friends. Um, and they gave me a ride back from Vegas and they were singing your praises the whole way back. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go over there. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit someplace because I was just kind of floating around for a while after um, Joe Camacho passed away. I yeah. just kind of like I was like I don't know where I'm gonna go. I don't know what I was gonna do, and I was just kind of like and I would go to so many gyms. Like I'm so fortunate to be here in LA where there are so many gyms, and so I was like once you've trained at two or three gyms, you know, and like coming from Raul's gym and my first professor was like so like technical passionate, disciplined, humble, all that stuff like that. I was like, that's what I'm looking for. Those, those are big shoes to fill. You know what I mean? And then when I met Joe Camacho, I'm like, this, this, this guy's like that. And then he died. Um, rest in peace, Joe Camacho. Mm -hmm, yeah. And then after a while I was like, you know, I'd go to different places. And I was like, dude, like I'm not looking for a big personality. I'm not looking for this one. And then, then when, when I met you, I was like, I like this place. I like this vibe. Like I like like the whole, and I, I when I met you, I didn't know anything about you. Like, like real talk, I, like, I hadn't heard about this. I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. And I went on, I was like, oh, he's really cool. Like, he's a really nice guy. And then like, I went home, I started looking at him. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. Like, I was like, I didn't know he was like the first American to win worlds and this, da, 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 da. But like, you know, as soon as you walk in, you see all the medals and da, da, da. But I was like, it was really cool, like how it all happened. It doesn't matter, right? It's like, it's like what you feel, how you, right, your, right. your experience, yeah. right? I, I just feel like our personality is like, 
I, I, I immediately like liked you. That sounds weird, but yeah, I was like, cool dude. <laughs> and I, you know, I felt like that when I met Raul in uh, right. Tijuana, yeah. like when I went to his gym, when I spent the day with him, super down to earth, uh, just like, man, what a great environment from the regular jujitsu class to the pro team. Mm -hmm. It was all the same like culture. Yeah. I always tell people that the, the craziest thing to me about Raul is to have known him for so long and to see so many things in his life change as regarding circumstances. And he's still like the same exact guy, the same exact way. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because um, my wife, who's obviously a very big uh, influence in my decision making, she's noted um, once or twice. She goes, "I really like Alberto because he kind of reminds me of Raul." I'm like, "Yeah, they have like, that similar like vibe, like in control, but not needing to be like posting every 20 minutes on Instagram, like I'm in control, like you know what I mean, like." Yeah. Raul like rarely, rarely posts on Instagram, like hates interviews, doesn't like pictures. Like he's almost hiding behind people when he's like doing the, the walk down in the UFC. Like he's not one of those, there's so many cornermen that are almost trying to hog the camera, like trying to make it about them. Like that's the opposite of him. Like, yeah, so. He's fully committed to yeah, I've, I've been very, I've been very and fortunate. And, and also he allows me to train with him when I go, when I go back to TJ every once in a while. Although let, more and more when I go back to TJ, I don't train because like the first few years that I moved out here, I was going out to TJ like literally every I weekend. Remember that you took Professor George there, right? Yeah. One time. Mm -hmm. I was going out like every week. And well, the first six months that I moved out to LA, my wife stayed back in TJ cause she didn't, um, well, A, I didn't have any place to put her. Uh, and B, like she didn't have like her residency stuff. So like I had to wait until like I had like a proper place to bring my wife, bring my wife. And then like, yeah, that took a couple of months. So like for like for a few months, every Friday, as soon as I got out of work, because I was working on Skid Row, I would just wow. walk over to the Los Angeles Street, where the seventh and Los Angeles, all the little buses, those little yeah, shuttles yeah, that yeah, say yeah, Tijuana, yeah. and get on one of those damn shuttles and you, and take the journey. That's crazy. Yeah. How did you end up coming to the, coming to LA? I graduated from SDSU. And I just couldn't find like it was like after like the economy crashed or whatever. So you grew up in you grew up in Tijuana. I moved to Tijuana. I was born in L.A. Okay, I, I moved. You were born yeah, in we LA. moved around like when I was six or seven. We moved it to Temecula. Then we moved it to Old Town Temecula. We kind of bounced around. Like we like lived in Marietta and stuff. Mm. But when I was that's the train there with Dan yeah, Henderson. Nice the Marietta and Temecula. Yeah, in the nineties. Oof, there was nothing there. It was like yeah, it was very boring. But um, we moved to Encinitas when I was like nine, mm. and we lived there like like eight. I think it was like eight or nine, probably nine. And we lived there till I was twelve, and I really liked Encinitas. Like I, that place, like really like uh, culturally shaped me a lot. Like I got really into like surfing and skating and like speaking like this, even though I've been gone for so long. <laughs> um, and then we moved to TJ when I was like twelve. But it's kind of like similar. Like San Diego's right there, so like. I literally, from the age of 12 to 28, I crossed the border every single day, probably, except for like, I don't know, a month, all together. Like, huh. I crossed the border every day for like school or for work. So I went to, like I went to private school, I went to uni, and then I got kicked out of uni. I went to a bunch of different high schools in San Diego. I got kicked out of the whole, anyway, long story short, I went to San Diego City College and San Diego State, and then I moved here when I was like, when I was 28, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't graduate from college until I was like 26. I was like working part time and going to school. What uh, what made that. you move to LA? I wanted to have a job at when I got out of college that was like something like so like a professional job. 
and my sister worked for the county. She worked for DCFS. And she told me, you started start applying for county jobs. Start applying DCFS, for county jobs. Department. Department of Child and Family Services. Okay, okay. And then I ended up getting a job as a patient resources worker for um, um, the Department of Mental Health in 2012. And I moved out to uh, uh, FCC, to, and I joined an FCCS team, which is a field-capable clinical services team on Skid Row. And I was with them for two years working on Skid Row. In LA? In LA. Wow. Yeah, the Skid Row. How was, how was that? interesting yeah yeah like a lot like it's yeah it's 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 an it's an inter it's it's wild like you know i've heard stories oh yeah there's so many stories like and i was like the first guy there so like rolling up the gate and stuff in the morning and um we were working out of like a clinic uh, like on on sixth and san pedro but our office was on fourth and san pedro and there's also a different one um on maple street which is like the main one and as a patient resources worker i was like shuttling like the documents back and forth this is before they transfer to a new more technologically advanced system so like in 2013 long story short i was carrying files back and forth on skid row so i got like mugged like i don't know dude like three or four times it was really fun. yeah just like the but what it's just a ma it's, it's wild the amount of things like the things that happen there that you see it's just like people are like getting assaulted or people assaulting each other just like nude it just you know everything you can imagine it's a wild place nudity yeah just, yeah and then from there drugs, I went to glendale like, to glendale <laughs> yeah I, I was a eligibility worker for the department of public dpsi department of public social services <laughs> and then that's when it was that and then when i was working there that's when i started to go train with you i'm like oh that's that's perfect because i would just you know, right out of there. But you lived, uh, you lived like I lived in Highland Park. At Highland the time. Park, yeah. So yeah. it was a trek for you to come yeah. and train. And I didn't have a car back then. But then, then, well, that's the thing. When Joey came over here, I didn't have a car. So when everyone hopped over, like I was like, oh shit, well I can't go. You know what I mean? Because it's got to be near a metro station, or like I got, yeah. I had a bike. I had to like figure it out. Um, but then I finally got my Kia, and that's when I was like, I'm going to Burbank, <laughs> and I hopped over here. Man, what a story. Yeah. You know what else I trained at too? You know that guy that just joined the team, Anton? Anton, yeah. 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 He trained with this guy named um, Mike Anchetta. And yeah, yeah. In, yeah, uh, and uh, I, Highland Park, in Highland right? Park, like a block from my house. And I trained with them for like a year and a half. Um, he was fighting uh, against Antifa, right? Yeah, he recently. Yeah, it was, it's like a whole weird story. It's like a whole weird story. Like when I joined, when I went there, like I knew who he was and I'd met him. But it was like. It was weird, like I don't know. It's a whole weird story. But anyway, I, the, the, the but he was more bait, like MMA based, right? His he wasn't even. They told me like that he was like ah, anyway, and then he finally showed up, and I was like, I don't think he was anyway. Joseph Todoro, his student is a really, really, really good black belt, and that's mm -hmm. the guy who was like mostly teaching in his absence, and that's who I mostly trained with, and and that's who like, I I definitely vouch for that guy's jujitsu, solid, solid mm -hmm. jujitsu. Um, but yeah, he's also gone his own way. That guy's that guy's uh, a character and a half. But yeah, Mike Anchetta. It's it's crazy how everything just goes full circle. Full circle, yeah. Yeah, I met him a few times. He came in here and 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 oh really? Trying to like well, this I don't know, years go by, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what year it was or whatever. But he's just kind of looking for I think for gi for jujitsu, gi more gi and oh, stuff. Cool. You know, I think I think years ago, and then I met him one time with uh, Chaz in Lincoln Park. Oh, wow. Lincoln cool. Park, yeah. Lincoln Heights. Lincoln, Lincoln Heights. Heights, okay. Um, so, because uh, he, he found the space, he was thinking about, you know, setting something up. Okay. And then uh, Mike, I think, was over there as well. Yeah, he's, so, he's, he's very him. talented. He, he can, he can definitely, he's very, he's very good. 
at jiu-jitsu mm. uh, yeah but yeah so i've trained at a couple of places uh i trained at cabrinas 35 times remember that living social website where you could yeah like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it your i got like my 20 passes and then another <laughs> one broke out that was like similar to that like a 15 pass and i got another 15 pass and I, was like, yeah, like, I will never pay 200 bucks or i don't know how much they like 250 how was that how did you feel the environment was it was wonderful you? but i was like you could only take the beginners class oh. but i was a blue belt so that was okay. fine with me you know okay. what i mean um Isaac Doderlin yeah I, Isaac, I didn't yeah, yeah. his name uh-huh. uh he was a brown belt at the time I believe uh-huh. uh and it was cool like I took a classes with him same thing full circle when I was uh he he started teaching at um Marikai at uh Brian Gregerson's like he was on the schedule oh, for like a month okay. or two he okay, was like okay, taking okay. doing some classes there okay so yeah it's cool I love LA because there's so much jujitsu it's like it's insane like it's we're like in the mecca of martial arts and jujitsu yeah I mean we had the COVID restrictions right but yeah besides that it was like this is where it's at I feel like we're back yeah yeah I feel like I feel like that's I feel like that's where LA beat New York New York fell off Because it was always like LA Jiu Jitsu and New York Jiu Jitsu were like toe to toe. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh man, like in the last year, like, oh man, New York just fell off. Like, because yeah. so many academies like closed, so many like teams. Like Marcelo Garcia, yeah. like they kind of stopped. Well, I saw Paul, Paul Schreiner at the airport and um, yeah, he was telling me like, yeah, they stopped classes, right? And then Henzo, they were, they were, you know, I think underground, whatever they had to do, right? But still, it was like everything fell off in New York because of all the restrictions. And John Donaher left. Yeah, then he left. Left. That was a bummer. Even I followed that team on Instagram. Like, oh man. But whatever. Yeah. LA wins again. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's definitely an honor to be invited. Uh, I really like uh, radio, and I'm really into like recorded content. So, like they say, uh, what is it? Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> And so, so, you know, you got your black belt this last year, like, tw- uh, November. Yeah. yeah November, so 2021. Fresh. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, like a lot of years, right. A lot of yeah. journey. I'm ready to compete. I'm ready to compete. I'm, I'm going to do it this year for sure. Like I, I like even before I got a black belt, I was very specific with myself about being like, like, you know, like, you know, you see those places like black belt is the goal. I'm like. Black belt was the goal. At yeah, Blue you belt. gotta compete. But now I'm give, like, you gotta I want to be a good black belt. Right? I want to yeah, compete. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to just be a black belt. Yeah, yeah. Because it, once it becomes an attainable goal, obtainable goal, you're like, oh man, like, yeah. I want a new goal. You know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to sure. see how for well sure. I do. The journey never never stops, right? If you yeah. do it right. Because of COVID, I wasn't able to train at Brown. I mean, train uh, compete at Brown. Yeah, yeah, I competed yeah. one time. Yeah. And I got bronze. I was like, oh man, that definitely looked like a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, man, I, I, did, I did so well. I like, got every belt and it's like a brown belt, just like only be able to do one and get bronze. Like, oh, like, I can't change that. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, like no matter what I do, like that's, that's my brown belt record. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but you know, the, the, you get, I was going to ask you, like, what did it mean for you to, you know, you're getting close to your brown belt. What did it mean for you to get your black belt? What, you know, before was or like, what did, when you got it on the day? For me, it was a really big personal goal, uh, especially having moved out here because I realized like, and it's a big sacrifice. Right? Oh yeah. You're taking time every single day. Yeah. How do you, you know, driving here from Highland Park, your wife, like, yeah, that's you know, a lot of, you know, yeah. she, uh, I'm in East LA now, which is even farther, East LA. but one thing I started I've discovered your, uh, about, your, uh, about jiu-jitsu is how many guys are as good as me and could be black belts, but it's just like, 
you have to be willing to commit and you have to like check your own ego mm. and be like, no, this is a team. There's staff on site. There's no complaining. There's no like, oh, do, 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 do. Like, you just, if you just show up consistently, 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 like, that's what I really like about this place. It's fair. Like, there's no, no one gets a pass and no one gets held up because of a grudge. Like, everybody's the same. Everybody's the same. So for me, it meant a lot to be able to have committed at a place for such a long time and to be able to, like, have made it. Because I, I, I we have so many black belts here. And so many of them, I admire them outside of the gym on a personal level because, like, I feel like they've been able to, like, carry being a black belt into other aspects of their life, which not everyone is, is, is able to do. And not to compare yourself to anyone, but I feel like that's one thing that's frustrated me about being in L.A. for 10 years is how many guys are good grapplers that end up not getting a black belt and not doing that well in life just because they're not down to like commit to a specific job like the things that you do here like commit to doing something you don't want to do just because you know you have to do it to get better at it making sure you're on time making sure your nails are trimmed your 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 mustache is clean your gi is clean da, 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 da. like those things like you take that through your life and they will help you like it's it's wild to just see like how many people will sell themselves short despite having so much? Were there days where you didn't feel like coming in? Yeah. To train? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But like for me, it's like, what what helped you get through it? I don't have those days. <laughs> like I'm like it's weird. Like I'm like like I wake up and I'm like what time? It's like eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty is when I get in my car. I gotta be. I gotta be in the car. I gotta be turning that thing at eleven thirty. It's like because like, I don't miss warm ups. Like I'm really weird. Like um example saturday uh, because of work i had to be late to class and i was like it's okay like crane's gonna like not say anything because i'm always on time like if you're always 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 on time you can get away with it every once in a while but like if you're always like five minutes late ten minutes late da, 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 a i think you're missing class and like for me it's like every part of class is important from when you line up to when you're given the permission to leave you know what i mean like uh Despite all these years doing martial arts, I still look at it as like a privilege, not a right. Like I, I'm, I'm really, really, really into like martial arts and like art in general, and and you know, and and spaces like this that give it like its rightful place. Like there's so many gyms that are opening up all over town and whatnot, um, especially in my in my neck of the woods in East LA. But like for me, it's like. I'm always down to make the drive because it's worth it to me, like to be like in a place where like the environment is already set up. So that that's what to me like makes it like worth it to come out. Because for me, it's never it's never like not worth it. Like, and I love to lift weights now, so I like stay behind. Like the facilities that we have here for mm -hmm. lifting weights are just like top notch. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even like going to open math anymore. <laughs> I used to be like a ticket to open math, but it's like, dude, it's like, I, I it sounds weird. Like, but I feel like you spoiled us. Like, I go to other places now and I'm like, where's the shower? And they have a the shower and I'm like, okay, like, you guys don't even have like a variety of soaps, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I get out, I'm like, this is your locker room. Like, it's just like, we're spoiled. You know what I mean? Like, where's the water fountain? <laughs> you guys only have one bathroom. Like, dude, we're dead spoiled. Like, and we have someone clean, like the, the mats are impeccable. Like you just get spoiled. Like 
It's, I'm down for the drive because it's worth it. Like to not have to like worry about like, the a friends too, right? The friends, the friendships. Oh yeah, the the, the, the people that I've been it's able a lot to of years, here, right? You know that I mean? together. Yeah, and just be, being able to still see Joey on a regular basis. Fucking Joey, uh, <laughs> I love Joey to death. Um, and then and then also like I tell people, anyone who listen to me, like the the people that we have coming through on a regular basis, like that quality of people. Like when Alexandre Mascarenhas comes through, like that quality of technique, or like when Sududu comes through, when you teach class, like the like like or when Professor Rockley comes through and teaches class, like we have like people who visit on a regular basis that are like visiting professors, visiting staff, and it's like we have access to like lots and lots of information, and then because we are a well-established gym, like. Me as a black belt, I'm like, oh, it's so cool. We have so many visiting black belts coming through, so many visiting brown and purple belts coming through that take it seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when, when you have people that like are traveling through, they want to they want to bring their best game and they want to take something too. So they're take they're like paying attention. They're like 100 percent on the mat. So that's that's I I studied to be a teacher. So like education to me is really important. Like my my profession my major was. Uh, English in preparation for the single subject teaching credential. Like I did like all the observation hours and like I like tutored and shit. So you thought you were gonna be a teacher? Yeah, kids hate me, I make them cry. It was no go. It was fucking awful. It was horrible, <laughs> man. It was so bad. But you went to the Like I would turn off my motorcycle and I could hear the kid crying. Like they recognized my motorcycle and they were crying. They were like, Oh, the evil man who comes and makes me want to count. You know what I mean? Like, oh God, those kids hated me. So, uh, so tell me about, uh, tell me how I mean, do you, do you enjoy, like, um, obviously you enjoy what you, what you do. You've been doing it for quite a few years, you know, um, at work, mm -hmm. I, I have a new job now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to finish my two years of traineeism or whatever, or of being a trainee, but it's cool. I'm a social worker now. I'm a mm -hmm. social worker for IHSS. I enjoy it, but it's like really difficult. It's funny. Cause I was like, Oh, the cool thing about <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, oh, the cool thing about this job is like, I don't have to deal with kids. I-S-H-S? I -S -S? Like in-home supportive services. Gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. basically like people who like, um, aren't able to take care of themselves independently within their own homes. Like I assess them and their needs and need. award hours based on their needs. And then other people like provide it. There are so many recipients in California. Someone listening knows what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, that's what I do now. It's cool. It's really humbling. It's really well, humbling. That kind of work, you know, because you yeah. similar similar work, right? I mean, yeah, you're disabled talking, people you're talking about sk Skid Row. Yeah, <laughs> working well, Skid, Skid Row is different. Skid Row is, is I mean, <laughs> it was a whole other. <laughs> I don't want to get like on PC, but I mean, the word. I mean, there's choices and stuff that. Could, but when you meet like my my, I feel like I'm in a, a way better place now because it's like there's no choices involved. Like people like it, it and it makes you so humble for me. Mm. It's so humbling to like see. Like I'll complain because I'm like, oh, my left shoulder is fucked up. But then when you meet people who are like, oh wow, like this guy like needs like assisted breathing devices, or this is this guy's got to go to dialysis because his kidneys don't do this, yeah. or this that. Like it makes you so appreciative of your health that like it's it's crazy because like I've listened to your podcast, of course. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, by the way, and radio, and I do a podcast Thirsty Thursdays presented by Thirsty the Thursdays. Dollar Boys. Yeah. Well, we're not on any, um, like Spotify or anything. You have to go to the, the website. We do this magazine called Razor Cake. Okay. Uh, and the website's razorcake.org. And we do this podcast for it. We've been doing it for like 10 years. Oh, wow. It's all like punk rock stuff. Okay. okay. Yeah. One of the, well, the, this guy is one of the guys from this magazine. That's how I know him. 
And he's a black belt in judo out of the Tenri Judo Association. Yeah, they're actually located in East LA. They were really tight. It's a wonderful dojo right there. It's like straight from Japan. It's still wow. run by the Japanese. Wow. It's really interesting. But uh, what the hell was I talking about? I don't even know. Uh, you did a podcast and... Uh, we're oh, right. Yeah, about health. So, like, the way you always talk about, like, taking into account your health, taking into account your body, like, realizing, like, how your me- your mind is, like, so linked to your physical well-being and your well-being is so, fi- like, linked to, like, everything, you know? Um Moving out to LA, working with the, for the Department of Mental Health, you realize like, holy shit, like does the mind rule the body or does the body rule the mind? I don't know, like Morris, he said, you know? And then now, and then from there I went like to f- financial poverty, working for DPSS. And then from there I went to like physical part- poverty, working at IHSS, like where you meet people who like, you know, they're fine. They got a nice house in Rancho Palos Verdes, you know, they can't walk outside, they can't wipe their ass. Like, you know, how fine are you? Like, so it's like, I feel really like humbled to have been able to see like so many aspects of poverty uh, and like, it's like insightful. It's, it's, I like to help, but it's also like insightful for myself to see like where my own weaknesses are and where I need to be like more appreciative. You know what I mean? Like if you spending too many nights complaining to yourself because you got a bronze medal, like you, you're losing a little perspective, you know? Um, but yeah. That's what I do. That's a, the that's it, right? Like yeah. just being able to compete. Yeah. Being able to do jujitsu. Yeah. And I really like to compete. Like I've I've really liked to compete. That's what I like to do. So I'm so excited to like I haven't I haven't done it yet, but I'm so excited because I've always told myself it doesn't count yet. It doesn't count yet. It doesn't count yet. It doesn't count yet. Like black belt champion is the champion because that you're like the best of the best. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you show up as a white belt and I was like, Oh, it doesn't matter. But I mean, of course. And like looking back, I'm like, Oh, you're such an idiot. It mattered. You know what I mean? But like, it felt so cool. It's like, what, oh, what, are some of the, blue. what are some of the lessons, right? Like, like you're saying the, these different aspects, right? So what are some of the lessons besides, you know, like yeah, being more appreciative, right? Of just the opportunities that you maybe take for granted, right? The fact that you were able to just compete and, you know, win a medal, you know, um, what are some other things that give you perspective? that I've given you perspective? Well, for me, things that give me perspective is like, also kind of like where I come from, like like in TJ, like one thing that you'll notice is that there's a lot of really, really, really talented people that are really good at martial arts. And also like, even in East LA, I saw it at Brian's school, mm. like people are like, oh, why do you drive all the way out there? Why do you drive all the way out there? And I'm like, I'll be rude, you know, cause people got money. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, like when you, when you have more time and more financial resources and less stress, you have more time to focus on things like martial arts and stuff. And that comes through in your performances. And that's where I want to be because being from where I'm from, like being in teaching, seeing, having seen so many kids that were like, man, this guy could kick the shit out of me, but he has to stop training because he can't even pay his fees or like, this guy has to stop training. Just to work to provide for his family. Exactly. And in East LA, that's such a thing. Like, I had two or three students um, that were so good. I was like, oh man, these guys are really fucking good. Uh, and then, you know, Brian's school closed and I ran into them at the grocery store and I was totally like, hey dude, like we'll meet at the park, however many days a week you want. I will train you for free. Mm. Like you can have geese for me. Like, dude, like you can't stop. And he's like, no, like, I got to focus on this for my family. Like that's like a complete waste of time. And it's like, uh, like from a financial perspective, it's like, yes, you are correct. <laughs> I mean, at blue belt, you know what I mean? But, um, so like just the fact that I'm able to um, be out here and, and, you know, like have a steady job and be in a steady position. Um, and I'm really 
able to have someone in my life that allows me to do this. You know, like my wife, I don't, my wife doesn't do jujitsu, but she lets me do jujitsu, which yeah, is really cool. Sports, yeah, yeah she, she never gives me a hard time. Yeah. Like she like, she's gone to tournaments with me and like, she like supports me. And when I used to cut weight, she would like support me, not by actually cutting weight with me, but you know, like she would, Emotionally sensitive, support, yeah. sensitive yeah. Like what she's drinking and eating no, in front of you. No, no, <laughs> but, but, but she was in other me. ways, in other ways, yeah, like you know, like, but no, she was always like, <laughs> she, she was always like, she was like, dude, that's your fucking problem. Like, dude, <laughs> this is no. good, yeah, a hundred percent. You hear the crunching, yeah, she's like, no, you're gonna go get me tacos, like, you're not eating is on you. No, my wife doesn't give a shit. My bakery across the street, that's like my tax for fucking coming out here every day, like. Martinez. Yeah, so I like holidays. I'm like, they're closed. They're closed. I couldn't go. But yeah, but yeah, I, I really like being out here. And I really like um, now that I'm a black belt, like having the opportunity to, um, to make a run at it, mm. to, 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 to see if I can enter you know, the ranks of guys like you and like Sururu and like Shandi, like guys who have like me, like what I call the medals that count, <laughs> you know, the one, the black belt medals, like. Mm. Um, cause I did really well at white belt. I did really well at blue belt. I did really well at purple belt, brown belt, whatever. And so now I'm like, dude, like this is the one where it's like so many people do so well. And then you get to black belt and it's like jumping off a cliff as far as talent. It's like, dude, the beautiful thing with black belt is it's going to be, unless you start, you know, when you're 80 or 90 years old, you know, it's the belt that you stay in the longest. Right, right. So the beautiful thing about the black belt is that hopefully the journey never ends. Yeah. I have a lot of tries. I'm like, I can, I can try it world. Yeah. Over yeah. And, over and, and over. you know, like not to sound like cliche and all that. Right. But like the, it's about the journey. Right. But the journey the, it is, you know, because you it really want to stay healthy. You want to be with your friends. You want to be doing things that are good for you. And yeah. stay connected to that, right? A hundred percent. I recently stopped. had someone. And when it, when it, when a, when a world championship or something, or when exactly. a, when a, when a big gold medal that, yeah. that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to win like, either like masters world or like a European. That your kids can, your family can brag about. Yeah. Or like know? a Mexico city open, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I really like competing in Mexico whenever I get a chance. Uh -huh. I'm going to go out next week and I'm going to train out there at a um, place I've never been in Sinaloa, a place called roll BJJ. Uh, there's this guy who does like video content. Mm -hmm. He films all the all the major tournaments in TJ. His uh, the name of his whatever it's called Puras Broncas. <laughs> like that's like he like makes like all like the highlight reels and all that stuff like for like the brands out there. So I'm excited about going out there. I also I got to go out to a Nayarit and train at a place called Sayulita. Um, every time I go to Mexico City, I say I'm going to train, and then I'm just like glad I made it out of there alive. <laughs> Between the elevation and the air quality, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. last thing I yeah. want to do is be like, how could I be more short of yeah. breath? I went like, to, uh, how could I feel shittier? It's <laughs> a tactful thing. And oh. that, the guy, they invited me to this uh, camp, you know? And I, you know, I was being cool. And, I, and then I, they, they invited me to train. And oh, man, like, uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I was, I was tired from the trip, yeah. you know? Yeah. And from working. And then, uh, and then I did, I wasn't expecting the altitude and it hit, hit me like a <laughs> yeah you know what happened to me I, I trained in Zacatecas with uh, this guy called El Gato El Gato Baltazar uh, this other guy named Teco who's a UFC fighter El Teco Quinones introduced me to him and my brother-in-law lives in Zacatecas so I went out there to train with him at this place called La Familia 
And man, they just ragdolled me. But I was just like, dude, I just couldn't get my win. Couldn't breathe. I just couldn't get my win. I was just like. I used to live in New Mexico. And the altitude altitude was high. And when you, you know, we live in sea level here, right? Right. But uh, it was nice when people would come and visit, right? Because they can't breathe usually. Yeah. And it was also good for me, like, because then I would go down to sea level and I would always feel like strong, right? Yeah, I remember when I first started training here, I went like, not off the deep end, but off, I went deep enough off the end, like looking up all your like uh, MMA accomplishments as well. And I was like, so like- uh, You did some fights as well, right? I did three, um, very unsuccessful. <laughs> in Tijuana? In Tijuana, yeah. Um, like like NHB Valtudo or um, it was, it was MMA like, with They gloves. call them like pancreation fights. Okay, okay. It was basically like an MMA fight, but you weren't allowed to punch each other in the face. It's amazing how many bruises you have in your face. You're like, man, for a fight where I wasn't supposed to get punched in the face, I sure, something happened. It was in a cage face. and stuff? Yeah. Uh-huh. One of them was a goddamn rectangle. A rectangle cage. A rectangular cage. cage on the beach, on the boardwalk in Playas. <laughs> Um, this guy by the name of Mike Villegas, he's currently on the roster for Lux Fight League, L-U-X. Uh-huh. Um, he's a nice guy. But anyway, he, he was supposed to fight the championship fight for that one. And like, so that's the one that didn't so happen. Literally, oh, oh, literally, you get stuck in the corner. Exactly. So it was like this, and you could get stuck in the corner, and it's like elevated uh, like that. And they're like, I don't know what you call it, like a sandstorm or whatever uh, broke out. Uh, and like the carps and everything like went flying everywhere. Like rain broke out. My buddy Christian was fighting, and like, it was just such was a it, shit Was it show. covered? No. Uh, okay. It was just like, yeah, so I didn't fight on that one, but I always remember that one. Just like. It, was, it reminds me of a King of the Cage of Dean Lister and some right. other ones. They had Wet some and Wild King, events. Wet Wild, yeah, 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 that was one, yeah. And so it was like a slip and slide pretty yeah. much. It started raining and, and, and I'm a big collector of like stuff. I used to be anyway. And he watched like Wet Wild King of the Cage. Yeah, like in yeah. TJ, there's like, uh, like swap meets, like open air swap meets uh, really big. And of <laughs> course I found like that thing that's like that thick and has like every King of the Cage yeah. event ever for like a hundred pesos. And I like, I watched songs like, dude, some of these are just insane. <laughs> yeah, Dean Lister is a really interesting character. Um, yeah, TJ. I actually have like, the, you know, like the Dean Lister logo, like that triangle thing with like little arrows. Right, 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 right. I actually have that tattoo because that's like the Entram Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's that, that place meant a lot to me. Like, uh, I don't go there as much as I used to. I used to like go like at least once a month or whatever. Cause you know, like little by little, it just becomes more like, well, you have a family. Yeah. It, it comes from like, Oh, kids. Renee left last week to Renee left last month to Renee left last year. So it's just like out of a group of 20 guys, like the guys that are like, Oh, Renee's back. Like it's smaller and smaller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but cause you have a group, you have a group that trained with you in Tijuana. I'm mean, like my friends from the gym. Like, I mean, I, I still have friends at the gym, but like, it's less and less dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the guys from, from my, my era, I guess you can say. Like, even like the MMA fighters from my era are a different, like, generation. Like, guys like Mogli Benitez, who recently fought for UFC, mm-hmm. or like Antonio Duarte, or Akbar Areola. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like the generation before, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this generation. Like, for example, like the very first UWC event I went to, I believe, was like Brandon's second fight. Wow. Like, that's how long I've known Brandon. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we're buddies, like, hey, but we're not like, hey, Renee, Brandon, how are you today? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen him, like, in such a, such a long time. The last time I even had any chat with him was, like, three or four years ago. But he's, he's always a solid dude. I mean, we're guys from TJ, so we see you. And we, we, if we ever knew you, it'll be like, I just saw you. Man, you know, like... When I when I went to my friend Scotty on the mat, right, mm-hmm. his the the Chipsa, Chipsa hospital, you know, he, you know, he offered me this, uh, this the stem cells and stuff, so I went, and he drove me across the border, 
And, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but it was the first time driving across the border. And it was so easy. I was like, what? We're here already? Yeah. You know, right in, in Plaza del Tijuana. Right, right. Um, and then, uh, I mean, just the whole, the whole, the whole scene in Tijuana, you know, um, you know, I got to hang out with Raul and, uh, his gym. Right. Oh, you got to have, you guys, you guys ate at Caesars too, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, the history of, of Tijuana, yeah, yeah. the Caesars, Caesar salad. Yeah, the, the, the original is the place where they invented the Caesar salad. Yeah. That place is world famous. Their food is so amazing. And I told that to, you know, some chefs and stuff. They're like, really? Oh yeah. 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 Google it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The food in TJ is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. Just, uh, you know, cause you think of, they, you hear the name Tijuana and like yeah. people kind of make it's fun. It's amazing how much goes on there, especially now more than ever. Like, um, I don't know if you noticed like all those crazy high rises everywhere. Yeah. They yeah. While well, it was stop. showing me, he was, he was so prideful of Tijuana and he was like, man, all these people are moving here and all these, these high rises. I'm nervous about it, but I'm also, it's, it's also very exciting. Yeah. And then just the, the, just, I took my mom there to get, to get mm -hmm. stem cells and, uh, and, uh, she's like, are we in Mexico yet? You know? Cause yeah. it was just like, it was like, the Oh yeah. US. It's super chill, but it's yeah. like. It's an interesting place. It's for a sure. If you're in the sword. right, if you're in the wrong place, yeah. Kind of like Sudo stayed there, and he's like, "Man, I don't, I don't." Uh, and after nighttime, I stay inside. I don't go yeah, out. Yeah. I'm I don't go. I don't. I make a left. I don't make a right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's and there's also like certain neighborhoods. It's right. Just, it's also it's it's complicated. Yeah. But uh, yeah. There's no safe space in TJ. Like it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like. But it's not as like you know if you watch the cartel. Uh, you know, movies and I think that people were, you know, it can be right. But, yeah, it but, can uh, be. but, uh, overall I say overall, but you know, yeah, it's, I always thought my, my thing to people always is like when people are like, Oh, like, should I be worried? I'm like, dude, like, like with all due respect, like nobody knows or cares who you are. You know what I mean? But like, but my whole thing is like, for example, like if I got to drive like a fancy car or whatever down, I was like, Oh man, fuck dude. Like if I get like in a car accident, there's no such thing as like car insurance. And it's not all just like a big pain in the ass. Like mm. it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Like shit can get real, real quick, but I like it. I grew up there, but it's, it's weird. Speaking of perspective, like now that I have a son, mm. like when I go home and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I want to take my kid for a walk. It's like, I can't take my kid for a walk. Like, and I don't, I mean like in a literal sense, like the sidewalks, I don't know if you ever noticed, like the sidewalks don't match up and shit, and like there's all these huge holes everywhere. It's like it's physically impossible to take your kid for a walk. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it's like if you have a stroller, it's like good fucking luck making it to the yeah, corner. Depends bro. on the depends on the on the streets on the sidewalks. Yeah, like people tell me like, oh, like I grew up in a favela, and I'm like, yeah, I grew up in a fucking Colonia Postal. Like so what? Like it's all the same. Yeah, but it's 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 an interesting place because there's so much money that goes through there. There's so much money in TJ. There's so much culture in TJ, but there's also so much poverty in TJ. Yeah, so much yeah, violence yeah. in TJ. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, they were telling me I was looking it up. I was, you know, doing some Googling and all that during when I went to the Caesar salad, cause the Caesar salad, the Caesar's what's it called? Caesar's yeah, restaurant or whatever. Yeah. Caesar's restaurant. And, uh, just, it was really popular during prohibition. Oh yeah. It was like, like the Vegas in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah, like in in that that's like one of the last layovers of that era of TJ, which is like um, when it was exactly like Vegas, and everyone from San Diego and LA would drive over there. Would to drive there, the, right? To the they had like races. A, it's still there. Like it's really it's really quite popular. The caliente, like yeah. the, the horse tracks and all that stuff. My wife's uh, nana. She's <laughs> mm -hmm. quite a gambler, mm -hmm. so she would take her to the to the track like three times a week to gamble on horses, and she would like give her money, and she'd be like you have to gamble with this money. And my, and if my wife would be like, oh, I'm just going to hold it. She'd be like, no, 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 We don't do that. This is for gambling. Like, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about. Like, 
it's very big. It's, it's still really popular. Like it's amazing how many like, um, people from San Diego still go expats, right? Like, yeah. People from San Diego still prefer to go to TJ to gamble when they can still go to the casinos. You know what I mean? Mm. Even with COVID and stuff. Hmm. A lot of gambling. You know who? You know who likes the? Oh, Jorge! Jorge and I stopped at uh, at, at, <laughs> Professor at, George. <laughs> yeah, Professor George and I stopped at one of the Calientes on Revolution. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to play. I'm like that guy. I'm like I don't even know what the hell's going on. But he knew exactly what he was doing and the ball and the numbers and the. They're saying like you know like Scotty on the mat the chips the hospital you know because people were scared to go over across the border, but the border never closed for one day. Hmm. No, 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 yeah, that, that, that border is like, like the amount of people like when work. people talk about like the amount of money that comes through, like that Canada, Detroit bridge or whatever, yeah. four days. I'm like, dude, they would never let, they wouldn't, they won't close the TJ border for four hours. Like the amount, it's the, the busiest border crossing in the world, in the world, in the world, in the world, yeah. like bar none, like. Yeah, so it, it it's definitely by foot, by car, mm -hmm. and I've done it all. Like I've crossed by foot, uh, by car on those little buses that will like rent, like it's for a buck fifty to take you right across on a motorcycle, on my bicycle, uh, every which way, pre nine eleven, post nine eleven. What about swimming? Never, no. <laughs> but I, I did meet I did meet a couple who did like they were like a couple of like really athletic like Brazilians. Yeah. When I worked at the mall, and they just told us about it, like, and they like. Went down there, had a great time, and realized they forgot their passports, and they just swam back across. But I mean, the amount of people who were like physically capable of yeah, doing right, that, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. It's like yeah, because people were. Uh, Sudo was telling me he met some guys that they trained to, you know, be in enough shape to swim across. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't doubt that. I mean, I remember. I mean, I don't remember, but I remember being younger and hearing about like before they put like those poles into the sand that people right. Put, like, so what's the there. deal with that? Like it only goes so exactly. deep but, and before, it, before it went even less deep into the ocean. So it was easier to get around. Mm. Yeah. And so what, you swim across those poles and you're, and you're on the other side. Okay. And, and, be, and now there's like that kind of like no man's land of the guys on the, on the quads and stuff. But back in the day there was like, it was just like beach. So it was just a lot harder to tell. I mean, the, the, that borders, it's it's been so wild to watch it these last few years right yeah i mean because i've been i've been crossing that border since a, like since, since i was a child yeah you know what i mean i think the first time i was in ins detention i was like five like five or six years old yeah i remember i remember being like five or six years old the first time i was in ins detention 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 and i didn't even live in mexico like i lived in like the united states like we like went to a pickup spot in san isidro to pick up a family member and as we were picking up a family member the, the spot got raided like just like on tv like with like you know and everyone mm -hmm. got taken to jail and i was five it was awesome i mean the that, spot was raided in mexico no in san isidro oh okay like we went to pick up you know grandma and then right when she crossed and it was like back in the day like they came running down a little piece of the hillside because they snuck across the sheet metal and and then but the ins knew about it somehow or something and they rolled up into that little parking lot and scooped us scooped everyone up wow yeah wow. yeah wow. yeah yeah so i've been in ins detention multiple times like throughout my life and then i mean like now it seems like well, I'm an Sudu, citizen. <laughs> yeah Sudu was you know he flew he did, we did everything legitimate right we mm -hmm. you know he quarantined during covid right uh in two weeks in tijuana and all that and then the thing is he i, I thought i was gonna the reason i 
had him go to Tijuana, which ended up being a blessing in disguise. Right. We met Raul. I got to, got to know Raul mm-hmm. and all that. But the fact that I he couldn't, I couldn't drive him back over the border. He had he to had, fly across. Yes. And there's no flights from Tijuana yeah. to San Diego yep. or to L.A. And that's when you start. And that's why. When, <laughs> why? Money. It's all, money. It's the whole thing has always been money. Like, I mean, from so many weird things from the Mexican side of that international, from my personal perspective thing, never made any sense. And, it, and it's been such a bummer to like, just watch people be like, oh, well, that's fine. I'll just fly to Guadalajara. And then from Guadalajara, I'll fly to LA. If you can afford it, it's like, whatever. You know what I mean? But if you can't, you can't walk across. So it's just like, they don't have any more or less COVID than you do. Like it, if, if you want to look at it from like the, but if you want to make the argument that like the science that the, if you want to make the argument that the logic behind the policy that was put forth at the international San Ysidro border <laughs> is science, then I'm an English major and I can be like, dude, I can cut through that like in 10 minutes just cause it like makes it never made any sense. Mm-hmm. Never made any, the amount, the amount of like, they had like this crazy like music festivals in Rosarito. We had like 25,000 people from San Diego come across at the same time, but no one else could, but we couldn't come this way. It's like, dude, I don't think germs work that way. Like I'm not a scientist, but yeah, it's always been bullshit. But yeah, money is welcome to come. <laughs> because you mean people, they flew, well, people flew with, with uh, Sururu from Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. To Mexico. And they were just going to cross the border illegally. They were just going to walk across. Oh yeah. People, what people don't realize is that like, there's people from all over the world that go to TJ across the border illegally. You met people, you meet people from all over the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an, it's an increasingly less porous entry. Uh, but it's always a very popular way to get across the border, especially for people that have money mm. that like it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. People that have money. Yeah. Like, to go through like the actual border yeah as opposed to like cross through the desert or like swim or like you mean like i mean like go through with like fake documents and things like that i see yeah i see like in a car with air conditioning yeah 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 and like because yeah, yeah. i mean there's rich illegal a- aliens but they just don't get they have to like pay to get like eh, da, 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 da. Uh, crazy huh yeah, I mean, it's are you a Mexican citizen? No, I'm an American citizen. I was born in LA. But can you get can you get Mexican citizenship as well? I sure hope so. I'm gonna try. I, I'm I'm like in the process of in the process by in the process. I mean swearing to my wife that I'm gonna start the process. Um, because then, I gotta, well, I'm the US is the best passport in Mexico. Yeah, I'm I'm buying a piece of property, but you can't own it unless you're a Mexican, Mexican citizen. citizen. So gotcha. I gotta become a Mexican citizen so I can do all the proper gotcha. registration stuff. I'm How hard is it to become a Mexican citizen? From what I hear very easily, especially with my argument, everyone in my family is Mexican except for me. I mean, I guess my whole generation. But yeah, uh, my sister's done it and it was really easily easy. Uh, the Mexican embassy apparently is very like uh, easy to work with out here mm. in LA. Mm. Yeah, same thing, rich people that are like, you know what, I'm over this embassy shit. Like they'll literally be like, you know what, I'm flying to LA. And they'll fly to LA and they'll come to our embassy and do their like Mexican embassy stuff because mm. like, there's less, it's just, yeah, money. And how many, like, how many, what do you call it? Um, if you're Mexican, what, like U.S., you can almost go everywhere, right? Almost. Um, but Mexico, like, where, where, where is it restricted if you're a Mexican citizen? In terms of, like, where you can buy or where no, you can where you, where you can where you can travel to. Oh, Mexico doesn't have any travel restrictions of any sort. 
but to like for example can you go to europe the eu oh oh you can go anywhere like yeah you need like a visa to come to the u.s right yeah oh yeah that's like yeah europe doesn't ask for anything from mexico yeah like because i remember we've we've had a lot of friends that go to europe and with their mexican passports and it's not an issue my wife and i when we went to europe i believe she already had an american passport Mm. i'm not sure Mm. no because i think i think she was like a resident and she still had i don't know but yeah the your mexican passport will get you to europe no problem Mm. and england too it's just us are they doing a lot of the vaccination things there as well i don't know oh in mexico Mm. um i'm sure it depends in terms of like restriction or like i don't know i really don't know but it's definitely a shit show like i mean but it's a shit show everywhere yeah it's everywhere it's so interesting like like, i guess like my mother-in-law got like vaccination but like they didn't, they didn't give her the card and it was like a whole bureaucratic nightmare to get the actual card like three so months she's gotta after get, she's got more vaccination <laughs> well that's go another thing go through it again that's another thing i know people because the united states is only honoring certain vaccines right and there's certain vaccines that they're like not like from russia right you precisely uh-huh. there are vaccines that they are not honoring that were given to the mexican government free of charge uh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they gave them to the people of the mexican mm-hmm. northern regions aka tijuana mm-hmm. and now they have this vaccination here i am at the border hey i'm, be, I'm being a good global citizen i got mm-hmm. my experimental vaccine here's proof and like oh you got the wrong one we're not on you know what i mean yeah yeah and yeah. i i know of people who were like okay well i'll just get another one and i'm like man i mean everyone's right free to do their own thing but it's interesting hmm. But there's definitely that person out there who got who had to get another vaccine to get the right vaccine. Man, tell me about your podcast. You brought it, you got all these. Uh, uh, we basically just play punk music. It's been like ten you years. You play punk music. We you? I mean, no. Funny story. The guys that we do the podcast that I do the podcast. You've been with, doing it for how long? Like ten years. Ten years. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. It feels that way. You know what? Let's make it eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's make it eight years. Uh, we used to be on at, on this radio station, sixteen thirty AM, K Chung in Chinatown. K Chung. Yeah, and then uh, this magazine, um, who a really good buddy of mine helps make, uh, started doing a po- like like uploading podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. and we got a grant and all this stuff, and they're like, dude, well, let's just like take it over there, and that's what we've been doing now for quite a few years. We got a little spot like this, like it's in a shed mm. in the, in, in the back, soundproof, and got like computers to all that stuff yeah we just get together like once a month and we do it uh it's fun it's fun for Um, 10 for eight eight to ten years wow that's yeah that's cool yeah and who who do you guys talk to what do you uh Uh, we'll occasionally have guests like from bands that we like or stuff like that or just other people that we know that are into that kind of music and we'll you know play records like that's cool old school yeah like like, that's the thing like a lot of those bands still put out like vinyl records and like you know we collect them and stuff and so it's like four or five of us like a rotating group and so the same thing like it's old school dj stuff like i want to show up and like everyone take like two or three records they want to play and we just like play it and talk about it and that's it and drink beer <laughs> yeah yeah and then someone's got to edit it down same thing as this um i definitely miss being in the radio the radio is so much it's not easier but it's like finite like you show up at 10 30 it starts at 11 they're gonna kick you out of there by midnight and no matter what you're done mm. podcast you know it can go on for so long yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you'll yeah. be like oh my god we've been talking for three hours like holy shit like, yeah i'm not on joe rogan's level i don't know how you can sit down for three oh, hours oh man i don't know that whole joe rogan thing is so crazy it's crazy i was being he's he's the voice he's the main he's the mainstream media almost it's weird and I don't know, a lot, in a lot of ways 
it's just so weird. Like, I just don't get what the whole argument is because I'm really into podcasts. Like, I, when I say I'm really into podcasts, like, I'm really into podcasts and radio. Like, when I was younger, I was, like, obsessive about radio. I listened to radio, like, nonstop. You remember the 90s? Like, radio is... Yeah. I feel, I feel like people can't fathom what a big deal radio was to people back then. Yeah, there's the a song like, on there. Yeah, like, you got the requesting music. your song or, like, getting your shout out and stuff like that. And, like, I had older cousins, so, like, I, I grew up around, like, in L.A. around, like the 80s boombox and like dude, people were like so loyal to radio stations yeah, it was such yeah. a big deal yeah um so yeah i forgot what i was talking about just uh how big of a deal like being you know the radio was back in the yeah. 90s so i mean even for, for so for me 2000s it's, and, yeah it's know. really cool to like be able to like continue to like do podcasts or like yeah be on be a, a podcast yeah. like because when i'm at work like i've been working desk jobs for like a while now it's like podcasts like a regular part of my day to like keep me going through so like a lot of like the podcasts that that people were like attacking about joe rogan or that people were like coming back at people that like people that I had no repertoire with prior to about joe rogan it's not like oh we talk about joe rogan because we're both fans started saying like shit to me about joe rogan like it's like a way to like put me down and i was like dude like like a three-hour episode like a i listened to that episode b like i researched some of it and it's like it's so weird how which people one now, which one like all of them like yeah, like, yeah. like the last three or four uh prior to him getting in trouble that were just about covid and whatnot uh the guy the one that had like the guy who like developed the covid vaccine right right, right. um this is malone or something yeah, yeah. and there was doctor that dr mccullough one mm. and it was just interesting to me it, it's i don't know american culture is in a really interesting place right now that's all I'll say. I mean, some of the social media things, right? Like the algorithms and the AI and how they pick it up. And if you ever watched that, what's that? Sh the Netflix show, uh, ne not show, but uh, 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 documentary. Oh, everyone talks about the, that the social dilemma. Social dilemma. Yeah. And how, you know, they get you to believe a certain thing. And once you have that belief, then you think a certain way. And then you're willing to, right, fight for that. What I find believe. the most, and then it separ separates us, right? Yeah, no, totally. But what I find like the most, 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 most interesting is to watch like a certain segment of the population that like has always like absorbed certain literature and like certain movies and stuff that like they claim to like take those specific like lessons mm. from. Mm. Like, in my opinion, there's no worse ignorance than like willful ignorance. So when you get people that are like well-read and college educated and like and during the last administration we're so goddamn good at like picking up every little thing and critiquing every little thing and then all of a sudden they're like not willing to critique and not willing to see what's going on to like to maintain like a specific social social like comfort level within uh -huh. like communities and stuff it's weird it's 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 weird it's an it's an interesting thing, uh -huh, uh -huh, you know what I mean? Like, because if, if you just remember, like, like, because I feel like to a certain extent I am removed from it, like culturally, because like I have so many friends that are like, oh, my parents are like staunch Democrats, or my parents are like staunch Republicans. I'm like, my parents are Mexican. Like, we didn't get, you know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. it's not like that was that's not part of like my identity think. growing yeah. up. So I can kind of see past it a little bit, but it's really interesting to watch like the party that I as like a first generation Mexican immigrant was like, Oh, the democratic party is like this. And then like watch like circumstances change and then just be like, I don't know if the democratic <laughs> party is right. like this. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Let's see what, let's see what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll let's see, see what, what happens. Yeah. And that's all you can do. But the I mean, main thing is uh, stick together. Yeah. Like for <laughs> no. me, like the whole thing is just to be like, dude, like just like, <laughs> 
kind of just like stay neutral and like just kind of ride the wave because like speaking, going back to COVID, um, you know, this gym went one way, other gyms went other ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was uh, employed at another gym that was going another way. And it was just like, I personally like went on a journey. Like I tell people, I'm like, dude, like I went on a journey. Like when, I, when it started, like I was like so crazy about it. Like, I mean, not yeah. crazy, not to, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but no, we don't know, right? We don't I was know. believing Even, everything that came yeah, out. I got know. to the point where I was like, you know what, babe, I'm gonna sleep in this room and you and the baby are gonna sleep in the other room because I had a newborn baby who was born March 1st, 2020. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's just what we're gonna have to do. And slowly yeah. be like, you know what, babe? I think this is bullshit. And you know what? I think this is bullshit. And you know what, babe? I'm not wiping down my cereal. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, wiping down your yeah. cereal. And to the point, yeah. And then people now would be like, would you like some, um, that fucking shit, that the gel? Like, and I'll be like, no, thank you. And they'll be like, are you sure? And I'm like, yep. Like, you want some? I'm like, no, I don't want it. Like, like, I did that. And I did that shit until, like, my, like, skin was, like, cracking. And there was, like, blood yeah, coming yeah, out yeah, from yeah, so much yeah, alcohol yeah. I get on my hands. I was just like, dude, absorbing, like. Absorbing all yeah. that in the system. And I'm just like, dude, I'm over it. Like, and, and I know people are really anti that phrase, over it or whatever. But, like, me on a personal level. And, and when I say I'm over it, I mean, like, I feel humanity through a lot of, of, of pain and sacrifice has reached a point where we can cumulatively act in ways that are quote unquote over but it shouldn't be oversimplified to be like oh like they're disregarding all the people who yeah. pass and whatnot because we had people pass away in our family as well yeah. and um it's just so interesting to see like covid play out like in mexico where there's no politics attached to it and then see it play out here where there's like so much politics attached yeah. to it you're just like wow exactly. it's so weird yeah it's yeah. it's you know, it's same thing. I, I want to. I just want people to come, not fight, and come together. And 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 you know, I love. That's what I love about jujitsu. Yeah. Because that can't. Well, it's not social distancing. Yeah. It's the opposite like of I social told them, distancing. Like I told you, it's the opposite of but social distancing. It's that human connection, right? Yeah. And I think if we have that, not social media, but jujitsu, human connection, and uh, you're happier, you're healthier, you're yeah. stronger because of it. Yeah. It's like I feel like it, it's so funny, like. You'll hear things are like I mean I, I read a lot of magazines and stuff and like like you'll like he like can read National Geographic like oh science has like finally proven like human humans give off like electromagnetic frequencies that other humans can read and I'm like you mean like good energy bad energy like bad vibes good vibes I'm like yeah like if you're into martial arts you're like yeah like <laughs> it's not bullshit like it's it's it's, it's like Bruce Springsteen says you know all you need is a little human touch and like the power of prayer. And, and, and it's weird because I come from a, like socially, like in my social group, I come from a very like non, non, non-religious group of people like in punk rock, but like in my personal life, like I've personally in the last few years mm. become like in my personal life religious. Um, but yeah, like the power of prayer, like the power of community, like seeing people on a regular basis and just being like, Hey bro, how you doing? Hey bro, how you doing? Checking hey bro, people, I, like yeah. checking in on people. You know what I mean? Like jujitsu is like laughing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> it really is a gift that we can give to each other, yeah. and we need each other yeah. to have it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, like 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 what you said. Like what keeps you going? Like like nothing. Like just be, like knowing that this environment is going to be here. Like I'm down to come into the traffic, and it's like. And it's all like for me, like when I look at my checking account, I'm like, when I see that, that, that X amount of bucks come out, I'm like, sweet. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like, you're like, you're keeping the party going. It's like when you pay for your union, you, you pay for your union. And so many times I yeah, don't even get me into that, but like <laughs> I'm a big union guy. Hey, in dubious battle, John Steinbeck, don't get me wrong. 
SEIU right here. But anyway, but it's like, this is like, you're paying into something and you're like, this is our clubhouse, dude. Yeah. Like, and especially through what happened with COVID, it's like, you were here for us. Yeah. Like you were here for us when a lot of people that were like, were supposed to be there for us, weren't there for us. Yeah. And you gave us a space to be there for each other. You know what I mean? And a lot of us here that like have different opinions and stuff. And, and it's, it's been really interesting for me to watch the people that like had my opinions. Like some, a lot, a lot of people that had my opinions, like you said, decide to go their own way and to like see how some of us were like, well, you know what? Like at the end of the day, like my loyalty is like to people, like my loyalty is like to each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and we're doing the best that we can yeah. to keep team, each other as safe human. as we can. Like what else can we do? You know yeah. what I mean? We love each other. We still want to see each other. We still want to be around each other and we should, and the, the, the to think that's that, in America, someone would that that day would come when they, someone would be like, "No, you can't be around each other." You're like, Ugh. "I don't know, <laughs> I don't know." But it's an interesting place. It's an interesting time and place. But I really do thank you so much for inviting me, Professor. Because it's 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 a uh, it's an honor to have been a part of your team. It's an honor to represent your team because you know it means so much when people ask you like, "Oh, who do you train with?" or "Who do you da 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 da?" da. You know what I mean? Like you say like, "Oh, I'm with Alberta Crane," like that like means something to so many people you know what i mean thank you man honor is mine really it's an honor to have seen you grow and improve year after year and continue to grow yeah it's man. really uh man i live for this you know yeah I live for this and it makes me so happy so thank you for yeah. giving me that it's so crazy to see that there's, there's there's a new generation coming now too you know what i mean like always it, it, it's <laughs> like like real talk doesn't stop on the most real 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 shit like watching you guys be dads made me want to be a dad you know what i mean like and now your kids are competing and now I have a kid and it's like, holy shit. Like yeah. I've been in LA almost 10 years. Yeah. I'm a black belt. Yeah. We got a new generation coming up. Like, you know, from, from me being like at the very first Jiu-Jitsu World League events and now your kids, you're going to Florida to like to have your kids compete for Jiu-Jitsu World League. Like it's just crazy. Like time keeps going. Like, keeps going, yeah. so yeah, thank you so much for thank you, sharing a slice of time with me and thank for letting you, me man. share a slice of time with your listeners. Thank you. Thank you.